It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 20th of March. Did we get any help last night? We'll look at that. More philosophical talk about the value of defense. Kristen Kenny talks with Adam Silver, and it's a Time Machine Tuesday. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, a little geeky numbers here and there. Okay, all over the place. And hopefully a look behind the curtains as well. Hope you're doing great. Uh, Thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, Excited to have uh, Adam Silver sat down with Kristen Kenny. She did a lot of the local stuff and then some of the big picture league things. I did more of the big picture league things with kind of more of the way I do things. Uh, and that'll air Thursday on Locked on NBA. That'll be Thursday on Locked on NBA. But we'll have Kristen's interview. And I'm hoping to do more of this. Uh, the TV crew does such amazing work. Kristen does good work with her long-form interviews. And hopefully we'll be able to get more of those in, and put them into the program here on Locked on Jazz. Let you hear from the players uh, a little bit more. Today's show brought to you by Optimal Norms. Some mental performance consulting for your athletes. Mazuma USA, if you own a business or run a business with one to four people and you're not using Mazuma USA, you're losing money. And Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street. All right, let's get uh, to it. Tonight we play the Atlanta Hawks. They're 20 and 40, 5 and 28 on the road. So. This is the culmination of the stretch that the Jazz had to take advantage of, and they have done that, and they've got to cap this one off. But the Jazz have won nine straight. It started with Minnesota and Sacramento and Orlando, which were games you needed to get. Then they snuck one or two out of Indiana, New Orleans, depending on your point of view, came back for these four, Detroit, Phoenix, Sacramento, and Atlanta, and if the Jazz can get this one, it would be great. No Derek Favors tonight, though, so probably Jarebko starting. And then you'll have Jay Crowder coming off the bench and seeing a little bit more of that lineup. If you can, though, it's going to be interesting to see how Quinn works it to try to get Crowder and uh, Gobert on the floor at the same time. Jarebko and, and Gobert have been very good uh, as well. So that's uh, where we sit. Kind of, This is to get the 10th in a row, but more importantly, this stretch of four home games right out of the gate was a big kind of talking point. Don't give anything back was kind of Quinn's big message to the team. Don't give any of them back. And if they can get this one, then they don't get them back. And they probably look at this next stretch as another little three-game window before you get two days off against and play back home with Boston and Memphis for two. And then you're really into the home stretch. Uh, of how things look. Uh, playoff update. Last night, Miami beats Denver. Denver has really, they're in a lot of trouble. They had four games that were pickums between 40 and 60. They lost to Houston. They lost to Dallas. They lost to the Lakers. And they lost last night to Miami. 
they still have four more games, five more games, six more games this year with 40% or less winning percentage. They are down three in the loss column to the Jazz. The if, if you the Jazz have this doing a lot of math here, but the Jazz have six more games where they're heavily favored. If the Jazz were to win those six of the final twelve, Denver would have to go nine and three just to tie. So pretty pretty desperate situation for Denver. And from a Jazz standpoint, where you're trying to find, you know, two teams that you know are going to be behind you, feels a little bit right now like Denver's a pretty good shot to be one of them. Pretty darn good shot Denver's going to be one of them. Denver would have to win a lot of basketball games that they're not favored in. I just said they got six of their final 12. And then couple that with we've got six of our 12 were obviously favored. So uh, Spurs win last night. Spurs are, as I I laid this out, the Spurs had a six-game homestand. They really had to win four or five of the six before they went on the road for a difficult stretch. They have done that. They got four, and now they have Washington and then Utah coming in on the back end of a back-to-back. Uh, so they, Spurs have really improved their circumstance by just not making a mistake. Now, the Spurs have a brutal stretch still coming. Milwaukee, Washington, below 40% win. Thunder, who are on fire. Houston, Clippers. I mean, they have a five-game, and then they play the Lakers. They've got a five-game losing streak staring them in the face after they play the Jazz. So they still need to probably get either Washington or Utah, or else they end up in a bit of trouble. Clippers are slipping. See what Minnesota does coming up here. Minnesota's got a really, really soft schedule. Coming up. Uh, as I said yesterday, it does feel like Portland and Oklahoma City have kind of gotten to the point where three and four are solidified. It's going to be awfully hard for the Jazz to get home court advantage. So you're battling to one, make the playoffs, and two, to see where, if you can get five or six, or, you know, where you get. Ideally, you almost, there's a, there's a real value to six, frankly. You're out, you're not in the Rockets bracket. Maybe you're not in the Warriors. Doesn't, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe it doesn't matter at all. Six, I... Uh, I, I would probably rather play an offensively challenged Oklahoma City team. Uh, as great as Russ is, Dame causes us a lot of problems, though. Uh, you know, Portland, Utah last two games have been wipeouts, but each other on the other team's floor. Here's the philosophical debate I had. Probably could do it a little longer and deeper, but it was a good conversation. So as we continue to try to figure out the value of an offensive player versus a defensive player and the value of defense and how is it possible the Jazz have won 21 of 23? The one thing I think is really interesting is that we draft every player based on offense. So every coach thinks he can get a player and make him play defense. But he can't make him athletic. He can't make him probably shoot. He can't make him explode to the rack. Quinn might be the only one who sees a guy like Royce O'Neal who defends and says, what is that? He defends, he dribbles, he passes. I can figure that out. But the, the general mantra in the league for years has been we, we can teach him to defend. But let me ask you this. Who are the good defensive coaches in the NBA? Tom Thibodeau? Universally thought of as an elite level defensive coach, right? Minnesota's terrible. Mike Malone 
was thought of as a defensive coach when he went to Denver. They're terrible. Steve Clifford thought of as one of the best defensive coaches. They're 18th. Last year, Mike Budenholzer's Atlanta defense, I think, was one or two in the league. This year, they're 23rd. Might have something to do with talent. Frank Vogel was a great defensive coach at Indiana. They're 24th in Orlando. Maybe there's actually no such thing as a defensive coach. Maybe there's actually defensive players. And maybe the whole myth that I can go and tell someone to become a defensive, I can get them to defend, is not true. So that's the first question I have out there. The second one, since we draft offensive players, right? You're watching the NCAA tournament. You're watching. We're not draft. We don't draft guys that can't shoot. The worst offensive players in the league. At least my thought here, and I'll probably try to figure this out. But the worst offensive players in the league, Andre Robertson. It's not very good. Probably can find some others. Have less of a negative impact on their team than the worst defensive player. So if you look at Andre Robertson, who's really probably the worst offensive player in the league, and you look at the Oklahoma City Thunder when he's on the floor versus off the floor, very little difference. I think they had a 106 offensive rating with him on the floor. They're a 107.6 for the season. So probably a 108 to a 106. It's kind of immaterial. Just to confirm that I'm absolutely right on that offense, 108 defense, when he's off the, when he's on the floor, 106. Okay. Now, defensively, they're a 108 when he's off the floor. They're a 96 when he's on. So here's the best defensive player in the league, probably guarding the ball, and Andre Robertson, and they're 12 points better per 100 possessions defensively. When he's on the floor offensively, he's probably the worst offense player in the league. It's a 1.6-point differential. Now, wait a sec. How does that make sense? Let's go look at the Utah Jazz for a second. Unquestionably, the worst offensive player we've had this year is Joe Johnson. Right? No offense, Joe, you're 37 years old, father time is barking at you, defense is not what you're getting paid to do, okay? Joe Johnson, bad defensive player, our defensive rating is a 107 last year with this year with him. Our defensive rating, no, 107. So here you have a, Bad defensive player in Joe Johnson. And the negative impact compared to the Jazz defense is five points. With Andre Robertson, who's a bad offensive player, the impact's two points. Go look at Alex Abrinas in Oklahoma City. And it's a seven-point defensive differential. Let's look at Portland for a second. Evan Turner. Maybe he does some other things for the offense because he moves the ball and he's big. Terrible shooter, right? He's he's the, you don't have to guard, he, he fits all of us. You don't have to guard him. He's bad spacing unless he has the ball in his hands. All of those kind of things. How much does 
Evan Turner kill the Portland offense? When, when he's on the floor, they're 103.7. When he's off the floor, they're 108.9. Big. He really hurts their offense. Five points. Okay, Joe Johnson, the worst defender, was just 11 or something like that. I don't know who the bad defender, other than maybe Myers Leonard, is in Portland. So it's a hard, you know, go find the conscious. You got to go find who you, you know, you look at this and you say, oh, well, he's a really bad defender. Somebody who's kind of universally known as a not good defender, Dirk Nowitzki. Let's go to Dirk. Dirk can't move at all. I haven't, I haven't done this. This is, we're doing this together. I'm making this up as I go along. Well, I mean, the concept, but I didn't have time to do the research. I mean, the, the fundamental premise I'm trying to build here is that because we draft all of our players offensively, the baseline, bottom line, basement of offensive performance is actually okay enough that even the worst offensive players are pretty good and the discrepancy between the worst offense players and an average offense player is less than the discrepancy between a terrible defensive player and an, a- and a- and an average or good defense player. The Dirk Nowitzki has a six-point difference. They're 110 when he's on, 104.2 when he's off. So six points is a lot. The bad defensive players are having a bigger negative impact on our team than the worst offensive players. That's the hypothesis. You you can decide if you believe that. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. Blake and the crew, such such good people. I've had such a great time doing all of this with Murdoch and getting to know them. They've got exciting things coming up for you because they've got madness going on. First off, anytime you do Hyundai, it's a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty and Hyundai assurance. And with every new car in March, you get plus Sirius XM satellite radio. That's right. Car washes for life, safety inspection for life, five-day exchange policy, the famous price match guarantee, and now plus Sirius XM satellite radio, which you don't need because you have this podcast. So that's really, you know, I'm just kidding. Uh, by the way, 2018 Elantra for only $13,990. It's a brand new car for $13,990. $5,000 off the Santa Fe Sport 2018. Love that Santa Fe. Murdoch Hyundai, the no regrets dealers, the Murdoch family. Go visit MurdochHyundai.com in Linden, Logan, and in Murray. Today's show is also brought to you by Optimal Norms. The mental aspect of sports is critical to success. Performing under pressure, staying confident, being motivated, good decision-making. Yeah, you got to be strong. you got to be quick. you got to be a good athlete. But you've got to be mentally sharp as well. And that's where Optimal Norms comes in. You can visit them at 801-722-8180 or optimalnorms.com. You'll sit down one-on-one with a mental performance consultant. 
deliberately train the mental aspects of your sport, which athletes really don't take a lot of time to do. So separate your athlete by giving them that mental performance consulting from optimal norms. Consultants have advanced degrees in sports science and psychology. Consultant sessions are based either in person or online, so that if you're outside the area, you can make those available to your athletes wherever you live. When they travel to play, they can check in online. No matter how busy their schedule gets, they can do it, whether it's an in-person visit or whether it's, you know what, I got too much homework. My kids have got two in their skis, do all those kind of things. Let's just do it online that day. You always have access to your mental performance consultant. It's Optimal Norms, OptimalNorms.com, or call 801-722-8180. Tell me you're with Locked on Jazz. When you purchase five or more sessions, you'll get one for free. That's 801-722-8180, OptimalNorms.com. Kristen Kenny did a fabulous job talking to Adam Silver about the All-Star Game coming our direction, referee situation. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. How he views the Jazz franchise, Donovan Mitchell. And the rest, and here's their conversation, courtesy of Jazz TV, uh, which you can catch every night on AT&T Sportsnet, Rocky Mountain. Well, welcome, Commissioner. I, I know you were able to get a, a tour of the new-look Jazz. What are your thoughts on the renovations here? It's, it's fantastic. I not only got the tour of the arena, but the practice facility as well, which I ha- hadn't seen before. It's spectacular. It's I mean, you hear state-of-the-art all the time. I think this is state-of-the-art plus. I mean, I saw things that I think I think I signed some secret document that I'm not allowed to tell all the advanced equipment they have in their <laughs> locker room. But, I mean, there's something that's, that's keeping these players so healthy, and they've got just about everything in there. And uh, as I was stiffly walking through there, I thought maybe I could stop for a massage and some other things. But, no, the practice facility is great. And this arena, I was here when it opened in the early 90s, and... I wouldn't have recognized it. I mean, I think they took the bones of a great old arena and then with some great ingenuity, resources, money, and made it brand new. And it's it's great to see these clubs and these amenities. It's really wonderful. Well, with all the new changes here, the arena renovations, and just the city itself, how strong do you feel about the Jazz's recent bid to host another All-Star Weekend? Um, <laughs> you know, I... I <laughs> 
I love it here, and um, I've got to be impartial, but I know we're going to be back here at some point. I was here in 93 for the last All-Star game. It's a wonderful market. It's a place that I know our fans love coming to, our business partners and the players, and whether it's for the skiing or just the great restaurants or everything else, people love to be here. So, you know, and, and it's also the Miller family. I mean, there are some of them. You know the longest standing and and strongest ownership groups in the league. So we want to reward that as well. So I can't say precisely what year a right. bunch of teams are bidding, but we'll be back for All Star. Well, I love that. Love to hear that. And also, let's talk about just the exciting rookie class. One of them, Donovan Mitchell. How about him? You know, I, I have to say, I mean, I, I, I've been at the league a long time, and it's hard to make predictions about greatness. But here you have this player just doing it in every possible way. I mean, not just on the floor, but obviously a a charismatic, charming young guy. He's really embraced his community. The community has embraced him. Had a nice time at All-Star Weekend. It was wonderful to see him, you know, sort of doing what he does out there. And it's like like I said, I think these players... In this day and age, they they come from everywhere. I mean, whether you know, influx of number of international players, many of whom you know have been successful on your team, and then to see Donovan um, doing the kinds of things he's doing, it, it, it's just great. I mean, it makes all of our jobs that much easier. But but ultimately, that's what that's what's about these great young men. And you mentioned All Star Weekend, obviously Donovan Mitchell taking home the dunk contest trophy there. But also wanted to ask you, uh, the officials and the players had an opportunity to meet that week. Weekend. Any progress there in terms of building the communication and the relationship between the two? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I thought that meeting was arranged by the Players Association together with the officials' union. And to me, I thought that sta- said a lot that two of the major stakeholders in the league thought, let's take the time, get together, and try to talk through our differences. So I thought just the fact that they were having that meeting was a sign of progress. But on top of that, you know, we recently took Monty McCutcheon off the floor, our top-rated official, put him in charge of training officials so while it's a little bit of a loss on the floor I think that we're already seeing dividends there that he's out he's not only meeting of course with all the officials in the league but he's conducting meetings with all the teams in the league um, together with working officials just to build those relationships and so the players understand the officials understand that they've got to build off you know that they've got incredibly difficult jobs but they can build on those relationships with empathy and understanding and everybody's trying to get the job done so i know we're going to make progress there and we already have made a fair amount of progress there's been a lot of conversation as well about the playoff format and possibly tweaking it you mentioned that at all-star weekend Uh, where are you guys at in terms of those discussions they're, they are just that right okay. now, discussions. And I'll say the problem is that there's not an easy fix, at least right now, because we have two geographical conferences, obviously West and East, and we have an unbalanced schedule. And West teams, as you know, play, each other, play teams in the West more than they play teams in the East. And if you're going to seed one through 16, it, it, not everyone agrees with this, but at least I feel then you need a balanced schedule. It wouldn't be fair mm-hmm. in an unbalanced schedule because a team had inferior competition but had more wins to then put them ahead of a team that had a tougher schedule. So that's number one problem in, mm-hmm. in receding one through 16, uh, uh, you know, across conference. The second issue is travel. And travel is a big deal in that if you had a first-round series and you had team, for example, if you had Portland playing Miami or L.A. playing New York, crisscrossing the country is a big deal. And, a, and we're, the, the more we study it, the more we're learning about the impact of travel on the players' bodies. I mean, I know you travel a lot yeah. for the team, and you, I do too, but we're not running up and down on the court. Right. And 
you know, it just, as you get older, it impacts your sleep cycles, you know, and, and we do know there's a correlation between fatigue and injury. So I don't want to solve one problem and then create yet an even bigger problem by in- increasing the number of injuries. So we're looking at it, just the honest answer is like, there's not an easy fix. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of the travel, introducing the new schedule to cut back on the back-to-backs, how do you feel it's, it's done so far well, and how would you evaluate well, it? Well, well, that's a great point. And so reseeding 1 through 16 would take us in the opposite direction in terms of travel. What we did this season is we added a full additional week, same number of games, just to allow for more rest for the players. So we've significantly cut down the back-to-backs. We've eliminated the four games out of five nights, and I think it's made a big difference. When I've talked to players around the league, to coaches, the players, they got, they got more energy in their legs. I know just the fan of me. We're seeing better competition. I mean, and it's, it's clear. You know, it's, unfortunately, we're not at the point we can eliminate all back-to-backs, and you can see it. The team that's playing you know, the second game in the back-to-back, their, their legs are a little bit more tired, and I think that sometimes... You know, for fans or people who haven't played the game at this level, it seems like it's not that big a deal. These are the best athletes in the world. But it, it, it's outside of their control. The fatigue just has an impact on their muscles. So, you know, in addition to all the great things they're doing at the, the practice, at the training facility here, though we're still looking at tweaking the schedule. Like, what can we do still to make the competition that much better night in and night out? Well, there's a lot of exciting things going on in the league right now. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, my Thank pleasure. You, it's great to be here. Thank you. Loved that line. We will be back for All-Star Weekend in Salt Lake City. Love that. Great to hear that. Nice job by Kristen there. The Miller family really, frankly, represents so well that that's a lot of what you're hearing uh, right there. Time Machine Tuesday's coming up next, but I got to tell you, if you have one to five employees and you're not using Mazuma USA, you are losing money and clarity. We all hate doing books. You hate trying to find 12 months of information. Uh, if you're a business onto yourself, this is the answer. This is an incredible deal. MazumaUSA.com. For $75 a month, you get all your bookkeeping, CPA, reports, unlimited consultation from a CPA, personal and business tax return. Here's how it works. You sign up. You have an orientation call with both your bookkeeper and your CPA that are assigned to you. They get your information, get connected, first set of reports. Then they have a tax planning discussion with you. Every month you get a report. Every quarter you get a tax planning call. And at the end of the year, they do all your personal and business tax returns for just $75 a month. You're not hiring your own CPA for that. You're not hiring your own bookkeeper for that. That's where Mizuma USA is saving you money. No contract. Cancel at any time. No hidden fees. Go to MizumaUSA.com. And this is where I'm really topping it off. Use the promo code LOCKED. And you get 25% off. Locked gets you 25% off or call 801-980-2102. All right, let's do Time Machine Tuesday into the bag he goes. Oh. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, 
It just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. Just like a few years ago, 2014-15. Is that our tank year? I don't know any of these things. 2014-15, Utah Jazz. How fun is it going to be like 10 years from now? I don't know what podcast will be. When we're doing this and we come to this year and start talking about this win streak and this stretch, that would be kind of awesome. All right, let's go check it out. 2014-15, Quinn Snyder's first year with the Utah Jazz, I believe. The mastermind somehow got us to 38-44 and that year. What were we doing on March 20th? Well, let's go to March 19th. We beat the Los Angeles Lakers 80-73. Let's go back to the... We play the Warriors the next night and get blasted. We actually end up losing. Like, So let's go this way. Jazz win it 80-73 at Staples Center. What an ugly game. Effective field goal percentage for both teams was 47. Utah, uh, 86 possession game. 18-16 at the end of one. Then the Lakers outscored the Jazz 20-15 to in the second. The Jazz outscored the Lakers 25-19 in the third and won it 80-73. to Gordon Hayward had 22 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals. Oh, this might be the night he stripped Kobe. Dante started when 0-5. Rodney Hood started when 0-6. Starting backward went 0-11 and 0-6 from 3. Rudy Gobert played 36 minutes, took one shot, had seven rebounds, obviously had a good defensive game. Derek Favors went 5-15. Trey Burke came off the bench to give the Jazz 17 points that night. Trevor Booker, Joe Ingles, Jack Cooley played a little. Bryce Cotton did not. Lakers that year, Kobe had torn his Achilles, I guess. Carlos Boozer was on the Lakers. The Lakers fell to 17-50 and 50 that night. They started, oh my gosh, Jordan Clarkson, Wayne Ellington, Wesley Johnson, Jordan Hill, and Tariq Black with Jeremy Lin, Carlos Boozer, Jabari Brown, and Ed Davis. Actually, Ed Davis pretty good, and Ryan Kelly. They actually had a bunch of guys on that team that were okay. They just didn't do anything right with them. So the Jazz beat the Lakers 80-73. to I'm trying to look at the – we'll look down late and see if there's anything in the fourth quarter that's at all interesting. Jazz had the lead coming into the fourth. Lakers took the lead 67-65. Jazz regained the lead with 4.15 left on an Elijah Millsap pass to Derek Favors. And the Jazz never gave back the lead. In fact, the Jazz defense – Allowed the Lakers to have one field goal. Wow. In the final 554 of the game. One field goal in the Jordan Clarkson had a bucket at six at five fifty four to give them a sixty nine sixty eight lead, and they would score one field goal the rest of the way. 
as the Jazz clamped down and beat the Lakers. And I don't care if the Lakers were 17 and 50 or whatever that just said. I like beating the Lakers. All right, that wraps us up today. Hope you enjoyed Kristen with Adam Silver. Hope you liked the thought, talk about defense. Thanks to Murdoch Hyundai. Thank you very much to MazumaUSA.com. You can call me at 801-980-2102. OptimalNorms.com. OptimalNorms.com or 801-722-8180. Have a great day. Hope you enjoyed the show. It is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.